It might interest people that in 51 years as a family doctor, I never once gave a psychiatric diagnosis or psychiatric medication. I was literally just going to ask you your thoughts on that. That's crazy that you just said that because um, of the push we see to medicate people. And I don't know if you know, sir, I'm a gold star wife. My husband, Lou, was killed in Iraq in 2005. So I am embroiled in the military community. I worked as a veteran services officer for a while. I worked to support veterans and advocate for them. So I know in the veteran community, the problem that overprescribing medication is, uh, and I have a, a, d- a deeper appreciation for what you spoke about your, um, your clowning to help veterans. But what are your, what are your thoughts? What would you say to either a person, a patient who is struggling with depression or anxiety or trauma or stress, all the things we struggle with, or the parent of, of a child who's struggling with that, who is being told that medication is the only way um, to help? Well, if, if that's how you make your money, that's how you're going to talk about your medication. Um, in my mind, mental health comes from three major areas, friends, nature, and the arts. And it's funny, friendship is never taught in school. Uh, Nature, if anything, is taught very superficially as biology. And the arts, you might hear of Beethoven or Rembrandt, but them as as healing parts of your life are not taught. Great day to flex your freedom. I'm your host, Barb Allen. Very excited. And again, I say this every week because how can you not be excited when you get to do what I do and meet extraordinary people week after week who exemplify what it is like to live a life of freedom? I love it already. And it's always especially fun when we get what I call a live one on, on the other end, you know, a guest that we could just have fun with in the middle of talking about serious stuff. But if you can't have fun doing what you do, I think you're kind of doing it wrong. And I may never have had another guest on the show who embodies that philosophy in the way that today's guests do. Maybe you're familiar with the story of Patch Adams. If you saw that movie with Robin Williams years ago, maybe that's the only way you know of of this guest today uh, is from that movie. But as we all know, movies are not always real life. And even if it is, it's just a snapshot of the reality behind the movie. And there's a very real story and a very real beating heart behind it and a really powerful, moving, extraordinary cause behind all of that, which is what I am really honored to have a chance to be a small part of sharing today. Uh, Patch Adams, thank you so much for being with us here today, Dr. Patch Adams and Brenda Ringwood, your colleague here to talk about this amazing event that you have coming up um, with your Gesundheit Institute. Let's get into it, shall we? Well, let's do it. All right. So good morning. First off, thank you for taking the time. I know you just rolled in at like the wee hours. And so your inner clock is all Susan rolled in at four. I was sleeping on the couch. (laughs) 
Excellent. Well, again, thank you for doing this. So let's talk about it. And again, as we mentioned, I'm sure you're familiar with this, sir, that probably a lot of people are only familiar with you from the movie, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because it did familiarize you to, in some extent to, to people in a way to open doors, to get people more interested in your story and, and hearing about it. But we um, did have two movies before that one clowning in Kabul when we took clowns into the war in Afghanistan and amazing. also clown vets because 6,000 vets are killing themselves a year. And so I went to vet organization says, I want 10 of your sickest took them for a week of clowning in Guatemala stopped all their suffering. And so then two years later, did it again with another 10 suicidal deaths. That's extraordinary. Extraordinary. Um, I'm not really, I haven't discovered myself what, what it is in a person that can create this drive to dedicate, you know, there are people who believe in things. I believe in things. I have a lot of friends who believe in things who we have dreams and drive and vision, but very few people, I say you're in the small percent of people um, who literally just lit, eat, sleep and breathe what you believe in and, and who you are. What is it? You've gone, you've literally gone all in. You have foregone all, all physical, financial gain and reward, like literally everything you have and do and are is funneled into your Gesundheit Institute and your holistic medicine and, and your approach to life in general. What, what is it? Can you ever imagine? I, I, I entered medical school in 1967. And I, almost all doctors were men. They clearly behaved arrogantly and spent very little time with a patient, uh, five to eight minutes as an interview and uh, they treated nurses below them. They treated other people below them. And I knew that this wasn't a doctoring I could hold on to. And so I decided one, I was never going to charge money right now. Your medical bill is the number one reason you lose your home and 80% of bankruptcies. And in 51 years, I've never charged any money. Instead of a five to eight minute interview, I like a three to four hour initial interview and being free makes it much easier for me because people are complicated and I want to really show that I care and, and that kind of time commitment can do that quite easily. And I was finding that a very small percentage of marriages were healthy. And in my estimation, 15, maybe 20% of them are healthy and the rest really are not healthy. And so I did a lot of efforts towards what was called in those days and, and was just being called at wellness. And have been trying for 51 years to build a free hospital in our poorest state, West Virginia. We own 312 acres in Pocahontas County, three waterfalls, a four-acre lake, a mountain of hardwood trees, rich bottomland that's had no chemicals in it for a number of years. And 
we are trying to build this 40-bed rural community hospital. And again, everyone would be free, treated for free. And we actually are calling it a three-tiered project, uh, a teaching center. My partner, Susan, and her friends started many years ago the School for Designing a Society. And that's what I had been doing. So it sounded totally right to me. And so we're halfway through building a teaching center, which when it was completed, and we only need $3 million to complete this, we would set up a clinic with a doctor and nurse to, so we would start our healthcare. So we're a teaching center, a hospital, and a clown college since I've led over 300 clown trips all over the world, five war zones and refugee camps, et cetera. And so that's what we're doing. Yay. <laughs> I mean, well, yay, really. It's just, it's just extraordinary. I am, the more I dig into your story in your life, the more I am genuinely inspired by you. And Brenda and I were talking before uh, we hopped on, we all hopped on here and talking about fact that maybe it's more than likely that we all have different political views, right? And that, and I think that is one thing that I even appreciate more about the opportunity to speak with you because what we speak about is the fact that regardless of, I think politics is getting in the way of so many things now and it's it's making us forget that underneath it all, we all have the same basic human needs. We all wanna be loved. Nobody wants to be alone, you know, for like, alone, alone, right? Like isolated alone. And we all just want to be healthy, happy, fit. We want our families to be happy and secure. And sir, I, I imagine that when people arrive to you for help, one of the questions, the many questions you ask does not include, what are your political preferences? Who did you vote for? Right? That is like the, not even on your radar, correct? Well, no, of course it is on the radar because I can see if they're rabid. I can see if they're haters, I could, there are lots okay. of things I can explore. I mean, it's part of the interview. If you have four hours to interview, then you can delve into pretty much anything that you want to. And, and I want to know who this person is. Are they a nice person? A lot of my gender are not nice people. They treat their partners horribly. They treat their children horribly. And and that sort of thing. It may interest you. I've never found a school K through 12 in the world. And I've lectured in 82 countries in every state many times. And I've never found one school teaching one hour on loving K True. through 12. And the most important thing in life. So I think we're trying to show that through our clown trips. I just got back from our annual Mexico clown trip. We we had closed them down for two plus years for COVID and now right. are are renewing them. And so I'm hoping the listeners understand that whether it's a five dollar donation donation or a three thousand dollar donation or whatever it is, if they can afford it, we are ready to build these facilities. We don't owe any money. We have built three beautiful buildings in West Virginia, and we have the shell of our first huge building. 
That's amazing. And um, in your book, how true is it? I've just read your book, the um, the book where you largely talk about the Gesundheit Institute and you have the architect who designed that book was put out some time ago. Is it still, is it true? Is it on track with what was in the book? Have you changed it all in your head or in your mind, or is it still how you envisioned it? Like, Oh, 30, I mean, it's gotten years? worse. So the dream has gotten bigger. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, the, when when we started 51 years ago, I'm not sure your medical bill was the number one reason you lose your home. It now is the number one reason you lose your home. And and quite frankly, I think that's wrong. It I is. think that we should take care of our people. That that's, duh. I mean, it's what a parent thinks. And it's, in my mind, what a doctor and nurse would think nurses because most of them are women are much more likely to think it than doctors and i'm just gonna keep at it i i it's funny the movie promised to build our hospital and and made hundreds of millions of dollars and gave me nothing and didn't answer my five letters that i wrote them and so most promises didn't happen and I've never lost my sense of humor or desire to to love people and care. Which is extraordinary too. Has that, I've had, again, I was talking with Brenda before we hopped on and I've had experiences, so many unfulfilled promises um, to myself and to so many people. And I'm going to admit that some of that has made me a little bit jaded in the terms that I'm I'm not so quick to believe what people tell me anymore. It's like kind of trust, but verify. And that hasn't happened to you. You're still like, you're, you just still go all in and just. Well, that gives me a sense of where we are. Yeah. I, I, it, it, if one wants to be discouraged, they can be discouraged all they want to. I don't find it ever as useful to me. I, I answer all my mail. I've answered over 500,000 letters from probably 130 countries. I'm caught up. And I answer my phone and I'm, you know, I feel like I, I'm doing what I can. If I, I know that we would be causing a lot more trouble if our hospital was built. And that's why I'm really groveling with you all and with, with anyone listening that if you can donate and we can show a free hospital, we're going to be dangerous. In the very best sense of the term. And we're going to put plenty of information and links for our community to get involved and support. Like you said, even $5, um, if enough people contribute $5, a difference is made, right? And Brenda, we're going to get to you here in a second to speak about this event you all have coming up in September. And I want to go on. I imagine not there's not a single person listening who has not been to a doctor's office or had some sort of health crisis or health experience that left you feeling sort of confused or bewildered or unsatisfied, or you had just a, a rough experience with it, unfortunately. And that is not to say doctors and nurses and healthcare professionals are bad people. It's, I think, the system is designed, like you say, like you speak so much of everything I read in your book and I watched some of the talks you did, sir, 
where you talk about the dissatisfaction and disillusionment patients feel as well. And I don't know what it's like to be the healthcare professional. I'm only coming at this from the patient side, but I could probably sit here for an hour straight and talk about all, some of the horrible experiences I've had as a patient in, in the system or, or, and my family and friends have too. And so I think for anybody listening, if you can connect with that on any level and you just take a second, then we're going to put some links up here connected to this interview. Watch some of the live talks um, done by Dr. Patch Adams here. Pick up his book if you want to read and learn more about his philosophy and go to his website and learn about it because what is happening here in West Virginia, what you are doing, sir, can literally, I'm, you already have impacted thousands, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of lives just by doing what you do. We don't all have to give up everything we own and move and join and be a part directly of your work, but we can support it in our own way. And that's where the magic happens. So Brenda, let's get into a little bit and both of you can talk Thank about you. this event that you have coming up um, here in West Virginia. That's at, going to be at the site of the Gesundheit Institute, correct? No, it's not actually. No. Uh, See, good thing I say correct yeah. at the end. I'm like, oh, this is the way it is, but it's really not. <laughs> we were going to, but okay. uh, parking was going to be an issue. Okay. Uh, and because the property is still rural, it, it's just, there's no cell phone access. There's just a lot of things that we, okay. it wasn't going to be right for this. We would have had to bring in porta pots and uh, power, you know, for the van. So we went with a place called uh, Island Park. It is an amphitheater in the park of Ron Severt, West Virginia, which is about five minutes outside of Lewisburg. Lewisburg is the town next to uh, Hillsboro, where the property is. So we are, you can go to Gesundheit. We're going to do an open house there for the VIP members, and uh, they'll be able to come out and, and spend time on the property. They'll get a little bit of food. They'll get to mingle with Patch. And that's the main reason is for them to meet Patch and to see that this really is happening. It's not, I personally have been out there two different times, uh, once to interview Mr. Adams in person uh, for the TV talk show that we do. But I also wanted to see what was really going on. You know, is this guy living and doing what he says he's doing? And he is, he absolutely is. The property is beautiful. The buildings are beautiful. I mean, they're not shoddy. They are good construction. He's got very good taste and he's built this stuff to last. So, uh, you know, it'll probably be there long after we're gone. Many generations, that's how well-built stuff is. And it is so peaceful. I could see coming there broken and leaving their hole. And when I saw that, I said, there's something we need to do to get this back out there because nobody's doing this. Nobody is living the life that they say that they are living like Patch Adams is doing. He really is 51 years later, still has that same mindset. This is what I want to do. I'm not going to have a bad day in my life. Do bad things happen? Absolutely. But it's how we respond. So this is Labor Day weekend. It will have some bands, uh, have some comedy. We have poetry, games. We're going to play the movie. We're going to play some of his other movies as well. Uh, there's going to be food. There, it's just a festival. It's a festival and it is a fundraiser. So the tickets are a little pricey, but they are going towards something. So if you consider 50% of your ticket uh, goes to entertainment and everything else, the other 50% is helping the Institute. Now it's worthwhile. 
Yeah. Where can people go to learn about that event? Well, they can go, first and foremost, they can go over to patchadams.org and find out more about Patch. They can donate there. So if they can't go to the event, they can go right there and donate. There is a link there for the tickets, or they can go right over here to Things by Bren. Sorry, I got my little thing on. Things by Bren, B-R-E-N.com and get their tickets. We have a one-day pass. We have a two-day pass. We have a VIP pass, and they can also just get Saturday night pass. So there's many different options at affordable prices with that. So if you can't afford the VIP and you can only go for a half of the time, then you can pick and choose what tickets you want. Awesome. Um, it might interest people that in 51 years as a family doctor, I never once gave a psychiatric diagnosis or psychiatric medication. I was literally just going to ask you your thoughts on that. That's crazy that you just said that because um, of the push we see to medicate people. And I don't know if you know, sir, I'm a gold star wife. My husband, Lou, was killed in Iraq in 2005. So I am embroiled in the military community. I worked as a veteran services officer for a while. I worked to support veterans and advocate for them. So I know in the veteran community, the problem that over-prescribing medication is, uh, and I have a, a, d- a deeper appreciation for what you spoke about, your, um, your clowning to help veterans. But what are your what are your thoughts? What would you say to either a person, a patient who is struggling with depression or anxiety or trauma or stress, all the things we struggle with, or the parent of of a child who's struggling with that, who is being told that medication is the only way um, to help? Well, if if that's how you make your money, that's how you're going to talk about your medication. Um, in my mind, mental health comes from three major areas, friends, nature, and the arts. And it's funny, friendship is never taught in school. Uh, nature, if anything, is taught very superficially as biology. And the arts, You might hear of Beethoven or Rembrandt, but them as as healing parts of your life are not taught. And that's certainly our hospital will be an art gallery. It's submerged in nature and friends are our interaction. And this is uh, in this context, when when we open there i i am not dictating that they not give psychiatric diagnoses or medication i'm just saying i'm a person who will not right so you're open you're not channeling one way you know you're open to anything but you definitely your emphasis is on the holistic healing which i is that an accurate statement that you're more focus on holistic? Well, I think for a huge number of Americans, they wouldn't know what that means. They might think diet and exercise, and I certainly like to push those. But I I am really pushing a focus on friends, nature, and the arts. Yeah. I can tell you, too, from my own experience and from so many others, nature in particular and communication and relationships, 
Um, and then art in terms of music, I've seen even my own kids fall into music as just this healing outlet and all three of those things together. Absolutely. The power of that and humor. Here's one thing I love about you. I have, I have long said, I think humor is one of the most underrated underutilized tools in, in terms of navigating trauma and hearing you talk about the power of humor uh, in healing and treating a human being in the, all around and medically, even people with terminal illnesses. I think there are some people who would hear something like, oh, let's crack jokes with somebody who's literally on their deathbed. And some people are like, well, their knee-jerk reaction is that that's somehow improper, but Oh my goodness. It is, it is the opposite of improper. I think it is just almost a, it's a gift to be able to do that. Can you talk a little bit about how humor comes into play and some of the reactions that you get from people who may at first resist that notion and what eventually opens, opens their minds and hearts to it? Well, I think the, Two great healing directions are love and humor. I've never found a school K through 12 in the world that teaches one hour of loving. And so they don't really teach humor. Often they teach it negatively by telling students not to tell jokes, not to laugh in class. But as far as what is good for us, I think it's very hard to reach adulthood and not know that love and humor are, let's just say, the center of a healthy life. And, and the more one can play with it, the more they will see that. I, my longest hug as a doctor was 12 hours. Well. Sometimes you need to really hold a person a long time. And, you know, I'm, I'm a clown who is a doctor. I don't say I'm a doctor who is a clown. That I am, my personality is of a fool. And I am educated as a doctor and will listen and, and give my advices I will do it humorously and lovingly. And I, you know, I think the abbreviation is I'm a nut. <laughs> I, I usually keep a large number of toys in my pockets. I dress in clown clothes and I don't have any boring men's clothes. And by boring, I mean monochromatic or... Right boring design clothes and and I'm I'm here to spread joy. Excellent. Do you know there was with one of my pregnancies I was sick and I was in the hospital and I had preterm labor and my sisters came to visit me and you know I was stressed but my sisters had me laughing hilariously and so it was three of my sisters there and me in the room and I it was supposed to be this quote serious situation which of course it was, you know, but they had me laughing and we were just laughing so hard. The nurses came in and got angry and kicked them out and made me leave and then reprimanded me for laughing in a situation, almost like I was about like, don't you know how serious this is when you laugh, you know, you're going to have more contractions and how could you do this? And they literally just went like 
banished my sisters and scolded all of us as if we were somehow doing something harmful by laughing in that situation. Um, Next time, dance around them. Right. It is. Uh, so, I mean, I I can relate to some of some of maybe the resistance that you would get because my go to has always been humor as well. And it's not always well received, um, but it helps me. And I have such a tremendous appreciation for it. Can I, I want to ask you before we have to wrap this up? You have so many parts of your story and your experience and how you've approached your own self-education. You took your education well outside the classroom to when you say you want to understand people and learn people, you weren't just saying that, you know, you mean it. And I mean, just the part where you would make phone calls to random numbers and talk to people kind of cracked me up and dealt with it. But did you, did I read somewhere that you even did things like a, did you attend KKK meetings to understand a different side of human being? And, and. All you have to do is be white. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like a level again of commitment. What did you learn from about human behavior? What did, what were your takeaways from going to those in terms of how people think and what were you looking to learn? Hatred is a giant force in our society. I mean, whether you're looking at a Hitler kind of person or just look in your own life about how you've been treated as a woman, especially, and and a lot of, particularly my gender, are very much engaged in hierarchy. You know, who is the strongest, the best, the the most important person in the room is a lot of how people think about social interactions and it really interferes with fun friendship. And so, yes, the, you create a playful atmosphere and play happens. And Very you create a serious hierarchical, what I'll call a male atmosphere, and that's what happens. Interesting. So I'm a nut that plays with those things. And what? I'm a nut that plays with those <laughs> things. Look, the world needs more nuts, you know, in the in the good way. Um, and I mean, just when you saw the report that your teachers or your dean who is it that labeled you as having excessive happiness back in the day? I mean, I think that's probably one of the biggest compliments that somebody could pay you. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's not been just one person. It's, uh, you know, I apologize how easy it is to be happy. If you have food and a friend, what are you bitching about? <laughs> and And yet people think it's, a rare thing for special people. And, and so they live that way. And that I'm trying to show, and I've taken ages five to 92 on clown trips. Most of them have never had any clown training and they learn clowning very quickly. That's amazing. So if somebody wanted to get involved directly and learn about, I don't know if there's an application to come volunteer for you, or uh, if you open up those, 
those moments to for people to come learn how to how to clown and go on those trips? Are, are those things that are open to people? Do and if so, do you, if, anybody? The how does somebody go about anybody? Um, I've chosen never to learn how to use a computer or a smartphone, so I don't have any idea how to do it. But you go to patchadams.org, and there are. I can't, I don't know how to get there, so I can't go on a quote miscorrected, but I know that they can learn about clown trips and about what we're doing. People can, we're not open yet as a hospital, but people do go there. Volunteers go to West Virginia and, and they can do that through the website as well and awesome. go, you know, I, I'm not suggesting that if, the reason you're going is all medical and you're hurting that the the people that are managing the land, this is not why they're there. They're there to protect it and to make whatever progress they can and appreciate the beauty. But uh, help me get built and we'll be happy to see you. Amazing. Yeah. So if you're coming from a place where you're showing up to serve, um, then those are the people you need to step forward right now. And the people that you do serve and will be served are welcome in a different capacity. Um, Or they can go on a clown trip. Right. Awesome. I'm definitely going to go check that out. And we'll send that out to our community as well. We'll do everything we can to encourage and support any of our community members who want to do any of the things that we just talked about. I am so grateful for the both of you. I think it does take a village. It takes people of all different strengths and areas of expertise and talent and service to make any great thing happen. I love the team that you have assembled around you, uh, Dr. Adams. And I love Brenda that you are part of that team and stepping forward. Can we not call me doctor? (laughs) Okay, perfect. I was trying, my parents raised me to be polite. I'm like, okay, perfect. (laughs) That's being like, polite. My name is Patch. To a detriment. Okay, that's actually much more fun. So, Patch, um, yes, I appreciate. I appreciate you on so many levels. I don't think I've adequately conveyed here um, for all the things you you teach me directly about life and humanity and service and humility and strength, all of that. And I know you're just a human being. I know you're not this deity, this perfect person, but you are certainly someone who you just exemplify a lot of things that I aspire to. So I appreciate the opportunity to meet you even in this way and um, definitely will be keeping in touch with people in your community to see how we can be any part of helping you along your path and doing these great things you're doing. The help we need is financial. Yeah. I want to live in West Virginia. I don't get to live there till we're built. Okay. Thank you. So that is the call, people in our community, whatever you have that you can donate, even $5, $10, we'll put up links again, not just through this interview, but repeatedly in our community and in our site. And we'll drop you in, you know, in our emails and we'll keep you in mind. And we have our event that we're our second event that we're working on putting together for next um, next spring in Texas, our Great American Summit, which is a complete fundraiser where we, everything we raise from that event goes to nonprofits and we'll definitely put your organization and your work on that list of beneficiaries to see what we can do to be a part of filling this need for you. Okay. And Thanks to donate, so you can just go to patchadams.org slash donate. It's super awesome. easy. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you so much, both of you.
Whoopie, whoopie. Thanks for having us, Barb. 